everyone, and welcome to our 300th show. I can't believe it. <laughs> I know. There are not 300 shows available to you, I do not believe, Mm-mm. anymore, but we are... <laughs> we know. We know that we've made 300 shows, and we're so happy that we're still here and I know. St- still friends. <laughs> I mean, sometimes we throw things at each other. It could have gone very poorly at any point. Yeah. And we would have ended. We got over the hump of the... Unceremoniously. That's right. I just... I just there was a hump? Well, I'm just saying, when you start to work with someone on something, like there's always that time, that fragile time at the beginning where things are either going to go one way or the other. Well, in that first season, too, we sort of suffered a lot of, you know, things wouldn't go right and technology and... I certainly was under like a what do I do with this material? Like I didn't I didn't know how to edit anything. <laughs> it was a whole thing. But we're very happy to be here now and today on the show what we will be doing in the in the meat of today's show is we will actually mostly be revisiting a few episodes from season 1 because I asked Kathy to give me some of her favorites and so I found a few clips and we'll just talk and we'll see where it goes because so we'll revisit a couple of things including Jordan Peele's Us episode Happy Death Day 2 which I think was the first like lunatic episode it, we ever I did. think that's why I wanted to show it because we, it was goofy it was it was and a little bit of the Manson piece that we did and and that should round it out we're just going to talk season one we're going to do a little future talking and then at the end of the show as we always do we'll still be doing our movie reviews etc but I think you wanted to start out Kathy with some shout outs yeah so we're you know we're heading uh let's see I'm not sure when this episode will air but this will be around the time we go to Monster Palooza and we've had a, a listener who early on did a little bit of fan art for us that we're really proud to have put on our postcards for the show and I just wanted to point y'all in her direction if you need a really good graphic artist because she's the picture that she did for us is really great her name is uh, Cynthia Valle and if you look at her uh, if you want to go to her website it's seen like c-i-n-l-a art director.com and her, her entire website is there and she does a lot of really great work and she's been a listener and supported us from way back when so I just wanted to say thank you and thank you for letting us use your art and um yeah we really appreciate you i wanted to jump on that bandwagon and just in the interest of this being our 300th episode you know a lot of people have helped us along the way not only our patrons who i'm going to shout out but also mannequin uprising for doing the music obviously we've had some fan art done which is what kathy is talking about we've had some guests Elise Wax, Juliet Landau. We're just about to have an author come on and talk about her true crime book uh, in a couple of weeks. So we just have people reaching out all the time that, you know, they want to promote their stuff, but they're also just really interested in what we're doing. So it's kind of a like-minded situation and we just really appreciate everyone. And I did want to shout out some of our longtime patrons, Alexandra, Mandy, Mackenzie, Ice, Zach, uh, I'm not going to know how to pronounce this. <laughs> it's not, I'm not going to go well. It's not going to go well. <laughs> Goyuria, I believe. 
Snake, which we, you know, who, who goes by the Crypt Keeper, Steve Gallion, uh, Dark Matters, Jen, Isabella, Jessica, Chris, who happens to be Kathy's uh, brother, Karen, Delilah, Billy, Holden. Like, we just really appreciate you guys and all of the support. And there have been many, many, many other patrons along the way. This, those are just some of the ones that have been here a while and are super active in our community. And I, we just really appreciate you all. And we, we, we very much look forward to 300 more episodes and a lot more, getting to know a lot more of you. So please come around. On that note, horror news. You're going to start us off with a little horror news today? Well, I haven't seen this yet, but I, anytime Christina Ricci is back on the big screen... <laughs> I get so excited. Yep. And I know that this is getting like whatever reviews, which I don't care. I still want to see it, especially because there's a Bigfoot reference in this movie. But she has a movie that just came out this month called Monstrous. And I will follow up because I do want to see it. And then I'll give my feedback. Christina Ricci's story centers around a traumatized woman fleeing from her abusive ex-husband with her seven-year-old son. Uh, in their new remote sanctuary, they find they have a bigger, more terrifying monster to deal with. So my guess it's going is that there's going to be a psychological horror component to this film sort of like what we saw with the invisible man but i just love her and i will watch her in anything she does even if it, the movie itself doesn't do well she always has like kind of a dark quirkiness to her absolutely she's great and later on in the show i will tell you what i thought of that oh movie. you saw it i figured <laughs> you did i said to I shannon did. shannon sees everything i said to her i go i'm wondering if you've seen the movie i'm about to talk about <laughs> and i was um, like oh there's a lot coming out yeah. probably not but then you said that and i was like yeah yeah it's I reaching you gotta yeah. love her yeah and I, I i definitely picked up because of that but i also had read early buzz on it about how it was really kind of unique yeah me too so i'll talk a little bit about that later and cool. then you know without spoilers and then you'll watch it and then we'll follow up everyone else will watch it and we'll check it out cool i also wanted to mention a, a few other pieces of horror news before we get to the horror facts with calf portion oh well that's this. wonderful because we'll just add more suspense that's right because that is what everyone's waiting for i'm sure yep. so hayden panettiere panettiere i don't know panettiere yeah you remember her yeah okay scream. i don't know how to yeah i don't know how to Nashville. pronounce it. she returns to scream yeah joining the newest installment of the horror franchise I heard this and I'm I'm pretty excited about it because I really liked her in number four. I know I did too. And so I guess she's going to continue on in the next one. So yeah. that's cool. She's closed a deal. So it's like official this month. She's closed a deal to reprise her character in the latest installment of the horror franchise. Apparently they loved her and we loved her. Yeah, she was, she's back. she was good in that. I'm happy to hear that. I know. I, I just remember her from Heroes. Did yeah. you ever watch that I watched, show? I watched some of it. The one that I, I loved her on Nashville and because she yes. was so likable and unlikable on that show. And then For I um, real. I loved her and, you know, obviously in Scream 4. But she's, I mean, I like watching her. Yeah, she's great. And I also wanted to mention to you that what we do in the shadows, season four. <sighs> I feel like I just watched season three. It premieres July 12th. I have to go back and rewatch season three because I didn't watch it all. Okay. But I am, I love them so much. I mean, we just can't get enough, honestly. I have a friend who introduced me to the movie way back. 
mm-hmm. before oh, the series. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, he's actually a listener, Ariel. Hi. <laughs> um, and he's the one I have to thank him because he introduced it to me like even before the series started because we have similar like that dry sense of humor. And that is, I love I love this show. Yeah, I, I think I originally just got turned on to it recently, maybe like last year, mm-hmm. and then binged it because Pepper was is yeah. really into it. And so she and I communicate a bunch about different media that we love, and she was talking about it, and I was like, why have I not watched this? So I did, and it was great. The other thing I wanted to mention was that there's this new movie coming out called Crimes of the Future, with Kristen Stewart. Have you heard about this? It's the director of The oh. Fly, David Cronenberg. Okay. Wow. It also stars Leah Sado and Vigo Mortensen as part of the world where humans are mutating. A trailer came out. Everyone is saying that there's some very strong scenes in this movie and that they're expecting people to walk out in the first five minutes. I mean, I don't know if that's like propaganda and stuff. Having just watched The Sadness, I can't even imagine walking out on a regular movie with Kristen Stewart in it. So it sort of depends on your tolerance, and we will talk about The Sadness. Oh, it's a body horror. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. We will talk about The Sadness later in the show as well and so because i do love me some body horror and we all watched it in the discord together and we'll talk about that but i did want to mention it because well one i love eagle mortensen i do too and it's been a while since i've seen him in something so and Kristen stewart can have very very good roles as well so Mm -hmm. i i mean it premiered at the con film festival so he previously Ooh. launched Crash back in the 90s at the Cannes Film Festival, and that was super controversial as well. That At the time, I mean, he just... I'm looking at some photos from, publicity photos from this film, and yeah. Mm, yeah, yeah. it's going to go some places. <laughs> <laughs> well, I hope so. Yeah. That's why I wanted to talk and Cr- about it. I mean, Cronenberg, so his makeup, the stuff that he does with makeup is one of the reasons I will watch it, because you know me. Yeah. So, yes, right. very cool. So the next thing we'd like to do is a little segment we like to call Facts with Girl. Yes, ma'am. Number one. <laughs> Ready? This question is for Blue, our patron. Okay. Eli Roth got the idea for Hostel by coming across a Thai website that promoted what? Okay. This question is for Shannon, number two. <laughs> oh, I don't have to answer any of the other ones. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> what does Kane Hodder have tattooed on the inside of his lip? Okay. And it's not Shannon. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> his wife wouldn't like that very much. No, no, she would not. Number three. In Saw, what was Jigsaw's trigger to becoming a killer? Bad clown makeup. Yes. Number four. Which horror film has the color red in every scene? <laughs> God, there's a few. Giallo. Just kidding. Uh, oh, it's not. That's not. No. But they do so. almost. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to say a lot of films do. And number five. What was the name of the family whose tragedy the Amityville horror is based on? Awesome. Those are that's quite the variety there, Kathy. I like to I like to shake it up, Shan. All right, we'll be right back. <laughs> Stick with he us. Kicked off. Shut up. Uh-huh. 
Hey, everybody. <laughs> I just wanted to listen to the solo there for a second. Some good shit. Thank you, everyone, for being a listener. I happen to know that probably the only two people who are going to click on a show entitled 300th episode are our mo- our biggest fans. And so I really very much appreciate that. And for those of you who might have stumbled onto it, we thank you as well. You're going to hear a little bit about our evolution and where we're going to take things and some clips from a few old shows. So it actually, in in many ways, might be a great episode to listen to if you haven't ever listened to our it's show true. before. Yeah. Because we did our same kind of similar opening with horror facts and everything, and we're also going to do our same segment at the end where we go through our horror watches and stuff. For now, though, we're going to look at season one a little bit. And I know, Kathy, that one of the episodes you've always mentioned to me that you really loved doing was the Jordan Peele episode where we talked about Get Out and Us. Yeah, I liked this episode. I feel like this is where you and I started to find, although we'd had, I think I think we had done our, our Leaving Neverland episode prior to this. I think this is one of the first episodes where we really just like went pretty deep in the analysis. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I think it's an episode that precipitated things like Joker and, and where we got really into the psychology because, yeah. you know, obviously we started the show off as clinicians, as psychologists, but also as horror lovers. But mm-hmm. this is one of the first episodes that we really bring in some real psychology and depth. yeah, we just started as like, let's talk about horror films, but obviously we're going to bring psychology into it. It was kind of one of those kind of offhanded things. Yeah. And oh, by the way, I love true crime. Yeah, you love true crime too. Okay, mm-hmm. so let's bring that in. So it just kind of evolved into that. I wanted to play a little clip I have to surprise Kathy cool. from our <laughs> from that Jordan Peele episode when we were discussing us, actually. And so this is just a couple minute clip to remind you of what we were doing. Excellent. (laughs) Definitely less heavy handed than Get Out. But then I also think that there's just a lot of psychological elements around the tethered versus the untethered. And, you know, they talk about the shadow. She talks about being the shadow of this person, which we can look at as it being a homeless piece, but she is essentially looking at herself and she's looking at this part of herself that she's completely disowned or she's running from. So I think there's a deeper psychological piece as well that, that, but I think the central the central focus and message is definitely about homelessness. But I think that we can even say that with, we look at people every day who are representations of us and we ignore them. So I think that that can even extend to people who aren't us that we've disconnected from, but there's so much going on. And that's where I think you were saying at the beginning, it's so layered with Mm -hmm. stuff in there. And there's a supernatural piece. There's pieces on abandonment and trauma uh, revenge mm-hmm. fantasy, all of that stuff is in there. So it's it's really loaded with stuff. Yeah, absolutely. And it's really interesting because if you read, if you read about Jordan Peele and you read about the movies and you hear about it, there's not, at least in a cursory glance, I don't want to look up too much because I didn't want my opinion to be skewed before we recorded. <laughs> this is so thick psychologically. What Kathy's referring to, and I completely agree, is a and then we've talked about it before i know i certainly have the concept of the shadow the psychological concept of the shadow and and we all have a shadow side it's a side we don't like to look at it it might be a side you know of us that's more complicated and isn't as palatable for the world and i think exactly what you're saying is that 
built into social class systems is when we put you know homeless people are living underground because we can't stand to look at them type of thing Mm -hmm. it's our shadow because and i believe that it's like any one of us could become homeless with any change in our circumstances like a set of circumstances could happen and any one of us could be that well and 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 not to give anything away but that is uh, also a central part of the film (laughs) absolutely when we talk about the ending which we will that that's a gigantic piece of the meaning of this film when i saw jordan peele talk about when he was making get out and i'm sure the case it's probably the case here is he was talking about one of his major he talked about two influence two ways he develops his stories one was that he thinks about a movie that he would want to see like what would be his favorite movie what's a movie he would want to go see fine the second thing was is that he gets a lot of his beginning ideas from his dreams and his unconscious and i'm like mm this be any more psychological (laughs) so that's sort of the beginning of how we started you know jordan peele being so deep and so excellent and talented got us talking about our wheelhouse basically yeah because those both those movies have such psychological concepts in them and i just want to say like our first season we were remote so Kathy mm-hmm. was at her house and I was at my house, except for that first episode where we were at my kitchen table, which was even it, worse. It, yeah, it was really so much harder to do, right? We were using an iPhone and the Anchor app. I want to just encourage any of you who want to do a podcast. Obviously, the podcast space, so to speak, is saturated with all the people. And that's okay, because you can have your slice of the podcast pie and you don't need to be fancy just start because honestly it took us that full year even though there's so much content in that full year there's so much good content it took us that full year to really kind of figure out just even how we wanted to be and honestly we're still figuring that out you know 300 Mm -hmm. episodes later we're I'm I'm certainly still you know as a producer of the show I'm I'm still like okay so how can we shift it next and what do we what are we going to do next mm-hmm. and how can I you know adjust it to what people are asking us for and all of that and we were just doing that you can tell in the sound quality also I didn't edit a thing then I literally didn't edit I a know. thing and so I can't wait to go back and edit all of these. And by edit, guys, I mean just clean it up. As you can see, we stumble on our words sometimes. We say, um, we, there's a lot of pauses. There's some, sometimes we repeat ourselves a lot. So I am looking so forward to having the time. And this is one of the things that by becoming a patron, you can help me with is that I just need the time and the space in my life to work less on other stuff and do more on this to edit all those episodes because there's good content, but whoosh, sometimes. Yeah. Hard to listen to. What did you think hearing that? I mean, I I share a lot of the same thoughts where this Jordan Peele is the epitome of what this entire show represents, which is combining two very related yet polar opposite (laughs) areas seemingly seemingly together two areas that you and I also really love and I and I mean I don't want to sound like conceited or anything like that but I do think that what makes our show different from a lot of podcasts that discuss horror or that discuss true crime 
is that we bring in the psychological element because that is our wheelhouse. Mm -hmm. And so I think that does make us different. We hope that that's our niche, right? That we are specifically highly educated in psychology people, women. Yeah. And we can lend that lens to true crime and horror and psychology mm-hmm. and blend all those two things together. And and I think what we found through this journey is that there are actually a lot of people in the world that blend those interests. Mm-hmm. I didn't really know that. You know, you always think it's like, oh, it's, I'm just the weirdo or whatever. But now you go on YouTube, you go different places, and there are certainly niche people. It's just the thing I've kind of figured out. Yeah. It's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. I pulled a clip for you from Happy Death Day to you. <laughs> okay. Is this this is Happy Death Day 2, right? Yeah, to, yeah. It's called the movie's called Happy Death Day to You, which is, is the, the sequel, sequel yeah. to Happy Death Day. And this is just like a minute or two, actually kind of from the very beginning of this segment on the show. And on that show we talked about both movies and it literally came the next week after the Jordan Peele episode. <laughs> oh my gosh, did it really? Yeah. I don't even know if I noticed that. I didn't even really realize that either. It was literally the next show. It was like our 31st That's show. That's funny. Which is amazing. Like we're on our 300th show. And this this one I'm about to play a clip from was our 31st show. I remember watching this with you at at your house oh, and okay. and I wonder if that's where why I have such a recollection of recording because oh, you and I laughed a lot together watching this. Maybe yeah. because in the beginning, of course, we had a lot of tall goals around like, we'll get together and we'll watch all the movies and then we'll talk about them. It's like, ain't nobody got time for that. We actually have jobs and lives and stuff. So we do. We have figured out a format that works for us that we can watch things together on the Discord with our patrons, but we can also go away, bring in reviews, as you guys know from listening to us. But one of the reasons why I wanted to bring this clip to you, or at least just to remind you of what it sounded like and where we were at with things, is because it's the first time or one of the first times where we really leaned into just a little bit of being ourselves. Like we we were trying real hard, you mm-hmm. know, that first season. There's a lot of times when we were trying so hard and being so serious and trying to bring our A game and all of that, even though the sound was shit, Whatever. We yeah. were we were really working at it. We were really trying to develop something. And this was the first time I think we kind of like got together, watched some ridiculous movies and then just shot the shit about them. Mm-hmm. And so that's why I wanted to bring one of the clips from this show. Also, Kathy remembers it as one of her favorites from that season. So here's a little bit of that clip and it <laughs> you'll see. Halfway through, it starts to get so ridiculous and intentionally funny. Yeah. Okay. It was like all of a sudden at the end, they were like, ah, oh, fuck it. Let's just make this completely ridiculous. Oh, yeah. It, it works. Out of bounds because the plot makes absolutely no sense. The ending doesn't make any sense. Like, I have no idea. They made it. Plus, we watched it back to back. And I I would urge you not to do that. Most of us <laughs> maybe have seen Happy Death Day, you know, a couple of years ago. And so when you see Happy Death Day to you, it won't seem like such a weirdness. But so for Happy Death Day 2, what they did is a riff on Back to the Future. So it's dark comedy, but it's more sci-fi. Yeah, it's definitely more sci-fi. But I will say you do, as much as they give you a recap, you really have to see the first one to really Yes, you do. No. See it. I just don't know if back to back is the best. <laughs> no, 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 no. Definitely not back to back. 
don't do it like we did <laughs> but yeah i think at one point in the middle of the movie we kind of looked at each other and was like you definitely have to see the first one to think this is really funny yeah because there's a lot of callbacks to the first movie there's a lot well, and you, that you won't really appreciate the bitchy sorority girl Mm-mm. in the second one if you haven't seen i mean she gets really funny when she's super funny yeah and she helps out and she's becomes- so dark. That's the only line I keep. <laughs> <laughs> That's the other reason why I wanted to play that clip is because it's the first time you did one of your little voices. It's so dark. <laughs> Which you have always done, yeah. honestly, in mm-hmm. our like in our personal lives. And yeah. and to be honest, you know, uh, we're both attempting all the time to bring more and more of ourselves to this. Mm-hmm. I would love to talk to you a little bit and we could both talk about this, about how difficult or easy or what a journey it's been with like trying to bring our relationship and what we know of each other outside of being on the air or recording, so to speak. And, and also the knowledge of all these things, the smarty pants things, but then also just being horror fans is kind of like trying to blend that. And then also trying to bring that to the mic, like what that's been like. I I mean, I think just like any, any time, any of you out there that have ever done a performance art of any kind, I think a lot of it does, you know, we have to be aware of what kind of day we're having when we come into the studio and life happens. And, you know, especially recording over the pandemic and people being, you know, you and I being stressed because of the work that we do on top of just adding the personal elements to that. For me, I know that I appreciated the days that sometimes you and I would just kind of decompress and process some stuff before we started recording. So it, it didn't get into our recording because, one of the reasons Shannon and I started this podcast was to really have fun. And one of the things that I've appreciated is being able to bring our unique niches of psychology to even our unique interests in horror. Like we, some of the stuff that we like is shared and some of it is totally different styles, which I love because I've been introduced to things that I probably would not have watched if it wasn't for you. Yeah, ditto. So I've just really loved how how easy our friendship made the the chemistry and the dynamic of the show, but then also because we trust each other in our friendship, how that has bled into a being in a space that for the most part, this is we're improvising. Like we have a structure, but trusting that flow with the improv and knowing like we understand each other, but bringing very different elements of, of this to the show. It has been a really enjoyable process for me because that's not always easy to do, nor can you do it with someone that you don't have a relationship with because you have to take the first year or so just trying to understand how they work and be okay with that and be okay Mm -hmm. with that being out there in the world and getting Mm -hmm. feedback and people. I mean, those early days on Twitter were a little tough sometimes. Like I would get a lot of, you know, followers and people saying great things and, and, creating friendships and listeners and patrons and all of that. But then of course we also got a lot of like, what the fuck are you guys talking yeah. about? Or you're wrong. Man or, and Ox. or fix your sound or whatever, you know, all the stuff that comes from putting yourself out there and it takes a pretty strong ego. And I mean that in the best sense of the word, because we all have to have a strong ego to get up in the morning. 
But you you do have to have like not be so sensitive a with thick skin. a little thick skin to be out here putting yourself out there. And I, I totally agree with you that I think we have a lot of differences in our horror interests, in our true crime interests, in our psychological interests, in our in our lives, of course. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's the kind of juice of any relationship, honestly, mm-hmm. is that like you said, that respect that comes with it. Because it's like, well, I respect this person. I like this person. This person makes me laugh. Or, you know, we came up together in psychology. And so we have a shared history. It's been a decade, you know, that kind of thing. But also, you have to want to know, like, oh, that's interesting. I I would never pick that movie. What's it about? (laughs) Where did it come from? Why do you like it? And then you watch it and you go like, yeah, I still think it's trash. Yeah. But totally respect that you love it, Mm -hmm. you know, and and kind of and have that be something we can play with as opposed to being sensitive about like needing a mirror, needing a twin. For sure. And that would I I think that would also make a really boring show uh, personally. (laughs) Well, that that is what we needed to figure out those first couple of years, really. And I think, you know, we're always still figuring it out and open to feedback and everything. But we really needed to figure out in the early days do we have enough to say about the topic and to each other mm-hmm. about things? Because we need to, if if I'm not interested in what Kathy's saying, you guys are going to know it mm-hmm. <laughs> and vice versa. Mm-hmm. So are we interested enough in each other's differing opinions so that it can be interesting? And are we different enough to make it like some listeners will agree with me sometimes, sometimes they'll agree with Kathy. Sometimes mm-hmm. they'll be more interested in the movies I pick or the mm-hmm. movies she picked that, you know, like to just, you know, be more relatable. And yeah. can we be funny with that? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Kathy was saying before we started recording, like she was laughing because we, in our discord community, we, we poke each other, you know, <laughs> what the fuck and bicker, shut up and yeah, all of that kind of stuff. And that's just kind of our, we, we don't actually treat each other that way in real life, <laughs> but for the show, we do some of that, but we do sometimes. I mean, yeah. when, when stuff's going down, we'll, we'll tease each other. Yeah. But it's funny because she's like, I wonder if they know that we're kidding. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, I don't know. Not always. Probably. Some they probably our, just think you're being an asshole. <laughs> some of our newer, our newer patrons, you know, I, if, if Shannon and I say stuff to each other over the discord, I, I sometimes when, when it gets quiet, I'm like, oh yeah, they must really think we're having like a moment. And then we have, you know, our old schoolers like Pepper and Ice are like, uh, yeah, more of that. Keep fighting. This is great. <laughs> yeah, Pepper, love when you guys fight. Oh, guys geez, fight. like yeah. we don't really love it, but okay. Yeah. And we're not really fighting. <laughs> no, not um, really. But but I think that's what she loves. Is she knows it's a it's a yeah, disingenuous. Yeah. Well, yeah. and and so that's kind of what we're talking about is Mm -hmm. like you have enough of that genuineness so whenever you hear us like bicker or say shut up or whatever which i think i did earlier in the show that's just that's genuine we're not making that up for the sake of having a show it's all we don't script the show we don't script the show so i think that's another unique piece that i don't i think that anybody who attempts a podcast knows how hard that is Mm mm-hmm but everybody else thinks, well, you know, why, how, maybe some people think it's easy, I guess. Or maybe some people think that they could do it with anyone they know. And I think that's not true. Mm-hmm. In other words, like, we have a same rhythm. And what Kathy's saying is, like, if we come to the table in a mood, 
you know, psychologically we can entertain that and process a little bit of that. But at the end of the day, either one of us might still be in a shit headspace, but we turn on the mic and we get to work and, mm-hmm. and we do it anyway. And I think we have a similar work ethic in that way. The same focus we put in our work outside of this room, we put towards this work. Mm-hmm. And like I can have a shit day and I still go to work and help people and supervise people and do my thing. Mm-hmm. So... We do that same thing with here. So everything you hear is genuine. Yeah. Except we do have a work ethic that keeps yeah. our personal like mood that day, hopefully, aside. So. It, it comes down to Shannon puts a structure together as the producer of the show. This is, you know, we're starting here. We're talking about this today. Or we will agree upon a few topics. And then we have, you know, our closing where we talk about the films and all that. That's just the, the like the outline Everything else that happens is whatever happens on right. Terror Talk stays. You know, I mean, it, like we, it, whatever we, there's nothing scripted. Right. And that's what I have always said to Kathy since we started doing this kind of structure. You know, you guys might remember a couple of years ago, we, we kind of created a second show and we did the Terror Talk show on one day of the week and we did Shrink Chat on another day of the week and they were kind of separate. And that was kind of our way of figuring out how we could blend some other ideas and other topics and then this year in season four i was like all right let's rip the band-aid and put it all together because Mm -hmm. that's the reason we started the second show was to kind of as a like as a think tank and sort of trying to figure out how to how to blend it and so we did that and now we just i just find that i like i mean i feel we need an outline otherwise kathy will be absolutely down the road and around the corner without me i i will be <laughs> uh digressing <laughs> we need an outline i'm i'm and constantly taking you back to like 1984 yeah, i'm half kidding only half only half kidding but there's oh, always truth in jazz shannon we, oh yes there is i i own this but also, that gives us a structure, and then within that structure, you play in the playground, and that's what we've kind of always done. So to wrap this part of the show up, what I'd like to do is play Kathy about, uh, well, I have three clips pulled from our Charlie Manson Ooh, episode that I know is one of your favorites. It's one of the, we, we've done a lot. We've done Bundy and Manson and Kuklinski and Lizzie Borden and Dahmer and, and Richard Ramirez. We've done a lot of true crime series. And this was one of our first. It wasn't our first, but one of our first. And I did a six-part <laughs> six-part Manson show. Hello. And this is the Tate and LaBianca murder portion of the show. And there's just a few clips because Kathy remembers it as one of her favorites from that season. So here's the first clip. Manson took the racial issues of the time, because we were in a real civil war, a lot of race riots, as well as the religion that he had been exposed to and created a argument for world domination he convinced his followers that he was the second coming of christ and the devil all wrapped up into one person the basic doctrine was this since charlie was a prophet that's how he talked about himself that he was a prophet and that he preached between these years between 67 and 69 that in the summer of 69 there would be an all-out race war called Helter Skelter, which is from the Beatles song. And he said that when the war begins, 
I, I, meaning Charlie, will take you all to the desert where there will be a bottomless pit, which is from Revelations 9, for those of you who are into the Bible. The bottomless pit is the land of milk and honey and plenty. There's abundant fruit. We'll be able to eat. We will grow to the size of 144,000 people. And that's from Revelation 7. So he's just ripping this from the Bible, as they all do. Uh, <laughs> he preached that I'm so the righteous. black man was going they all to... Do win the race war and by the way he uses some really racist words for black people which i am not going to use i guess imagine if you will he said there was going to be a race war and that the black man was going to win the race war and it was in the karma that the black man would win but that manson so here's the thing manson was a racist so he preached that the black man would never know how to handle his power that he was going to win the race war, but that wouldn't know what to do with it and would have to turn his power over to the only white men that survived the Helter Skelters, basically the Manson family. So they're all going to go out and go to the bottomless pit and have a party. And the race war is going to happen. Black people are going to win and then not know what to do and not know how to rule the world. And they're going to turn to Charlie and his followers. And then... Manson would then take over and make the black men and women, obviously, slaves again. You know, and they've been in this. Sorry to stop for a second. They've, no, been, in, they've been in this for so long with him that they more towards the audience. But when someone has been emotionally manipulated or abused for long enough, the, the abuser wears you down. Mm-hmm. So this does not appear that delusional to them. Like you were saying earlier, this whole grooming period before this, I would imagine they were highly receptive. Yes, they were highly receptive. Mm-hmm. But that gives you a sense of it. I was laying out Charlie's plan, which, you know, I think a lot of people forget. Yeah. <laughs> but we were going through all of the culty stuff. And that was also an example of, you know, hearing kind of how we had to cut each other off and try to talk because we were remote, right? Mm-hmm. And there was a delay sometimes. And I really look forward to going back and, and editing these episodes because you can hear the sound cutouts and mm-hmm. all that stuff. And and I don't know how much I'm going to be able to do to it, but we'll try. So here's here's one another clip. I'm like taking all this in, you know, as yeah. you're talking. Can you imagine these First of all, these three women just look terrifying. Can you imagine waking up to that and just the psychotic looks in their face? She's talking about the, to give some context, we're now into the Tate-LaBianca murders and she's, Kathy's talking about the, I have just kind of rolled out, you know, Susan Adkins and all of the Charlie's girls that are storming into these houses and yelling things and slaughtering people. And <laughs> Kathy's like, can you wait, hold on. She goes like, hold on. Can you Opening imagine your eyes if to that? this is, yeah. No. So here we go. Thinking you're getting really? away and then you're trying to fight this one. Out. I mean, I don't know. I don't know if it's because they're women. It's creepier. I don't know. I don't know either. It's really, it's really horrific. If you take a minute to connect to it, you know, which I think most people don't, want to do and I understand why but you're woken up in the middle of the night with a home invasion murder basically and they're tying you up and they're saying horrible things and very high on cocaine and probably acid too I don't know they later talk about how they were definitely had done a lot of coke in the car I I would imagine they just look crazy yeah Frykowski fights his way and towards and out the front door onto the porch and Tex 
catches up with him and strikes him over the head with the gun multiple times and stabs him repeatedly, shoots him twice. He he hits him so much that Tex breaks the gun's right grip in the process. God. So he basically bludgeons him to death, but then shoots him a couple times. So you hear Kathy. God. I wanted to play that little bit. <laughs> yeah, because I went, I mean, th- these are long episodes and I, oh God, of course, as an audio person, I just listen to these and be like, oh, I can't wait to edit this mm-hmm. because I was so sick. You can hear me. I remember. You can hear me like lip smacking and stuff, like making little noises with my mouth because I am I had to suck on lozenges the whole time or I would start coughing. And then I, totally I remember that. And then I would still start coughing and we'd have to pause and then later i'd have to edit the together because i was so sick but i just wanted to get through it i had had really bad bronchitis anyway i was wanted to play that because i hear kathy be like god oh god and i know that half the time she was like holding that kind of thing in mm-hmm. <laughs> because it's very i go i remember when i go step by step through all of the horror so yeah well i remember exactly and i remember we were remote and when you were taught, when you were going through each mm-hmm. murder very vividly, mm-hmm. I had pulled up the images mm. just to be able to be in that space. Right. To really, yeah. Mm-hmm. Brutal. Yeah. Really brutal. Mm-hmm. Here's uh, the last one that I will play from this before. This is the last time you'll ever hear them unedited <laughs> because I can't stand it anymore. But I'm going to play one more clip and uh, and then we'll wrap up our discussion of our celebration. So here's, here's the last one I wanted to play. I went back to his trajectory where we started with him. Yeah. And how early on, although he had learned to manipulate and all that, there was early early like early childhood there was such a sense of helplessness and powerless he was powerless right how through everything he did he became completely destructive and powerful and manipulative like his whole trajectory to me is insane and and the way that he was able to orchestrate one of the most brutal murders in american history Mm-hmm. is we talk about a lot of serial killers, mass murders on the show. We talk about a lot of things, but Manson is really his own. There, He's, I don't even have words right now. No, I, I feel you. It's like, I mean, I'm sure people who are listening can sort of feel the, the slowing down of speech for both of us and the, kind of the sinking into what this really was like you know we've we've talked a lot about his psychology we've talked a little bit about the psychology of his followers and how they kind of got to this point and still knowing everything that i know and everything that we've talked about i still come to these murders and i and i just i just pause and i think about these people and what happened to them and how innocent they were, and this total accumulation of 30-some-odd years of this person's life and what he created and executed and to his death believed in. And, and he, never, is, he never lost fate. the I belief mean, in any of this. These poor people, this was their fate. It was like they were born and baited for his pleasure. Yeah, I mean, if, And I don't want to get existential or anything i'm not trying to bring in any 
religion or anything, but I'm just looking at that and going, what the fuck? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I also wanted to play that because there was a long, long time where we didn't cuss. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And I and I usually and I often will choose not to. But lately, I've let that go. But yeah, I just (laughs) Kathy couldn't help herself. (laughs) One of the reasons why I loved this series so much was because being able to be the listener yeah. on our show and you worked really hard on this for one, but two, I was able to really sit back and just sink in, allow that this information to sink in. Mm-hmm. And so those are all really like the, when I'm cussing and stuff, it's not like shock value. Those are like legitimate. No, no, it's feelings. all authentic. I yeah. know Kathy pretty well. <laughs> yeah. And I, can, I can tell that she's being authentic. Anytime something like that comes out of my mouth, it's like, it is a legitimate feeling there. And I had known about, Manson and I had known about the the facts of the case but the way that it was broken down so vividly starting all the way with childhood that I think by the time we got to that episode I'm like oh my god <laughs> like you know and it's true I mean I talked last week or a couple of weeks ago about the uh, the cursed films and how they did one on Polanski mm-hmm. and they talked they went into some depth about how he had to go to the home after this and look at all the aftermath. And even though he's, he's got his own stuff and not a big fan of him and some of his personal decisions, I can't imagine what that would have been like to be the partner of this person and have to go through this house and see just blood and everything else that was, you know, and she was pregnant. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All the loss. Okay, guys, thank you so much for joining us for this. What what we're going to do now is take a little break and then we're going to talk movies and then we'll talk a little future talk near the end of the show because we need a little moment. Thank you so much for showing up and listening this far into our episode to celebrate with us our 300th episode because for us it really is a marker and we want to share with you a few reviews of some newer movies that we just watched but we'll also at the end of the show just kind of get into what we see for the future for our podcast with you all. So thank you so much for listening. We will be right back. Hello. Quickly, we are back. Quickly. <laughs> you had watched some things that I have already watched that you wanted to throw in and a thought on. Yeah, I'm going to mention two that have been on Netflix. The first, The Tinder Swindler. Yes. What a piece of shit. Yeah, right. The he, guy, not the doc. Yeah, yeah, no, no. The, <laughs> the, the doc was great. Yeah. I had a lot of respect for the the women who were vulnerable enough to talk about their process because it I, I think in situations like this it's really easy to look at them and say 
well, you flipping idiots, that would never happen to me. You know, there was even, I love the one reaction from the women who ended up becoming more of a friend to him Mm -hmm. where someone wrote, like tweeted, oh, well, this is what happens if you're a gold digger. And she's like, well, gold diggers don't give away like millions of their own dollars to someone. So like like, F off. Um, But I I did think it was unique in that way where that's why I enjoyed it as a doc because it had a unique um, bent where you were really coming at it with the victims and the victims showed such vulnerability. Yeah. And I think that's what makes the end so devastating is he, he got away with so much of it. And, you know, I've talked about the justice system uh, a lot on this show and it just furthers my opinion that, you know, people can do things like this. And if you are privileged in any way that continues in the courtroom, because that's what happened. The other one that I watched was bad vegan. (laughs) Yeah, she man, you know, I think now listen, I'm just going to preface this. (laughs) I I've taught I'm I'm primarily plant based. I'm not 100 percent hardcore anymore. I I was for a number of years. This is not going to become a political discussion, but we all know that there are a lot of opinions around very hardcore vegans, not all. I know many who are wonderful. There's always a variety. But it can become a religion that is then therefore, uh, that uh, ends up being more about being an elitist and being, it's much more spiritually narcissistic than it ends up becoming about animals. And I think one of the things about her was uh, she was very unlikable to me. I did not have a lot of empathy for her. I loved her dog so much, Leon. I understand how she got pulled into this at the same time. I'm not sure if her affect was that way from the shock or the trauma, or if that was just her, but the way that it ends and her responses to him and the flirtatious dialogue after all of it leads me to believe that and I know this might be against popular opinion that she wasn't all that innocent. And so I just really did not have a lot of empathy for her. Mm. Fair. That's yeah. Fair. yeah. Anybody who gets taken that way, I've, I've, I've had some empathy for the process and obviously she was, she was abused and all of that, but I just, I don't know. There's a part of me that's like the way that she was still able to have those conversations at the end with him. I'm like, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know either, yeah. and I don't know her or the situation, and I didn't really look at that documentary as if I was going to have an opinion necessarily, so more reactions like you, yeah. and my reaction was that I, I didn't find her particularly likable either, mm-hmm. but I didn't know if that was because I was reacting to my own, I don't know, bias that I think is an, you know, an implicit bias that we can, we as women can often have against women who are pretty cold mm-hmm. and very, very cold and, and quite businesslike in a way. Mm-hmm. And, but then also to be manipulated so hugely and, and there's just like a disconnect in what I, what I know of people. So I'm, I'm willing to admit that, you know, as a culture, we have a bias against, women who present that way with mm-hmm. sort of very flat affect and seemingly unfeeling in mm-hmm. a lot of ways, mm-hmm. even though everyone that worked for her talked about like, Oh, she's so great. And, mm-hmm. da, 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 da. and yeah, that's why I'm not sure if what we're seeing I'm is confused. a consequence of what happened yes, and, yes. and a guard. Yes. And that part didn't bother me so much because that I, 
I understand like she's probably going into this documentary defended. And I think there's a natural, I, I think that's appropriate to a certain extent. Again, like these other two women, she was, she spelled out her whole situation, what she got into. I think what tipped it for me was her conversation at the very end with him. If that would have gone down differently, mm. then I think I would have erred more towards Oh, she was incredibly traumatized and her and still working through and it still and working through it. But she, she's like, yeah, you still make me laugh. He's like, that's, or I still make you laugh. And she's like, yeah, that's not really a good, th it was very like playful and flirtatious. And I, I was just like, I don't know how, how after all that you could still be that engaged to, at that level. And I understand the trauma bonding and all of that, but I don't, I just didn't buy it. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, for you as a person, you wouldn't, that would not have flown. Like, that's yeah. not something you can connect to. I, I can see how people can be in that spot. So yeah. it's just, it, that's why I say it's up to reactions, like how you react to it, which she, is, of she, course, based on all of our personal experiences. She just ruins so many people's lives. She and did. to still have that type of engagement with him, I think, for me, again, I can, and this is my bias, is I would look at that and I would go, after I had realized what I had done to others, just the mere presence of him or his voice would bring that all back. And I don't think I could have that kind of well, conversation. Well, and that's what I think maybe, maybe you're saying that you don't really think that that happened. In other words, uh, there was not a full realization on her part. Maybe not. Of what, like... She still had to believe that he could yeah. pull off what or, he did. Or, you know, or there's the idea that, you know, you just slip back into that rapport out of habit. There's also you are afraid of yeah. them mm -hmm. and keeping the peace is so ingrained in that, in that situation and not poking the bear and not inciting more. Mm -hmm. I don't know. You know, like I, I just, it could have been a trauma response as well. Totally. Like, so there's so many yeah. answers to that, but that's what we mean by like, it's something to react to. Yep. So it sounds like you would recommend the doc because the doc is good. And, and yeah. we, we haven't, I mean, not, we're not going to go into it, but we didn't even talk about his right. delusional shit. No, he was a mess. Yes, he was yeah. anyway, but they're both, I think they're both worth a watch. Me too. Yeah, I did too. And they're not like 4 million years. No, long. they're not, <laughs> which I appreciate yes. them shortening that shit Quick. up these days. No, One and done. I don't need six episodes of music where you take me, like exterior shots of the city or whatever the hell. Some of them are so long and boring, I can't stand it. Kathy and I both watched a movie that you guys might have heard of called The Sadness. This has been much anticipated, even though it came out in 2021 in other countries. It uh, just hit streaming on Shudder in May. A young couple trying to reunite amid a city ravaged by a plague that turns its victims into deranged, bloodthirsty sadists. And you, yeah, you can watch it on uh, Shudder. It's direct, written and directed by a guy named Rob Jabba's, who is actually a Canadian filmmaker living in Thailand, making movies in Thailand. Wow. <laughs> this movie's reputation preceded it. It's one of the reasons why I wanted to watch it with Kathy and watch it in the Discord is because it was supposed to be like the most deranged, gory, bloody, awful, crosses all the lines movie. It met that. Did it? Do you feel like it uh, lived up to its it hype? Certainly did. It's pretty <laughs> grotesque. I was telling Shannon before we re were recording this segment that there was one scene in particular that I, 
I can watch gore. If if anything, it it just will make like certain scenes might make me hurt if I like see she's cringing, you damaged can't see her cringe, but <laughs> but it's very rare that I'll watch a scene where I want to run to the bathroom and throw up. Mm. And there was one scene in particular where one of the people who had turned yes into a sadist was eating mm-hmm. the the doctor or whatever yeah. and she turns around and it's it was the consistency mm-hmm. of what they did with the makeup was like a almost looked like a powdered mash that uh-huh. was like pink in her mouth okay. and it it, it just the the visual of it <laughs> yeah. was so disgusting because you could actually picture what that must have been like in her mouth. And I think I was like an hour outside of eating my dinner. Yeah, that's the thing as we watch movies around dinner time. So sometimes it's a little much. <laughs> it made me like really have a physical reaction. This was incredibly effective. If you like gore, hardcore gore and effects and a really deranged story, this I I liked this movie a lot. I know you did, and I, I'm glad because you never know, right? And I liked it a lot, too. I would qualify with that, that there is a viral outbreak in the movie, so it's pandemic current. It's like there's a pandemic, and I made a joke while we were watching it about, like, this is the feel-good about COVID <laughs> movie of the year because... <laughs> I don't want to make light of COVID, but I can make light of COVID after watching this movie because you do truly, you know, we talk about psychology in horror movies. And one of the reasons to watch this movie would be to be like grateful. Yeah, it could have been worse for whatever our lives are right now. There's some trigger warnings to it, too, because there are some mental health components. And there's a couple scenes that were like, oh, wow. Uh, think of some of the ways you may have felt watching Midsommar. That, that sort of feeling where you're just like, wow, that just, that just happened. But one of the things that I also really appreciated it, and you had mentioned this on the discord last night was the incongruency of the affect of the zombies. And I thought that what they did, they did a really good job at getting you to the zombies weren't just these empty in horror. A lot of times p- things are just merely used for shock value, but I felt like there were, there was actually a lot of character development around the zombies, mm-hmm. especially cause they start at this human, they get the virus. It isn't just this mindless. I was called the Eli Roth mindless, you know, horror. No, yeah. And I, and I think that's because, uh, it's it's more like they're zombie like. In yeah. other words, you do get the virus from you know getting the goo in you or whatever, something like yeah. that. It's hard it's hard to know because there's so much goo, everybody. But there's a lot of goo. Uh, zombie like. It's kind of a zombie like viral outbreak. But I would say when they you, when the filmmakers and the reviewers and stuff use the word sadist, they really mean it. In other words, what the people turn into is a sadist and what is a say uh, you know a, a zombie like sadist who has no you know has no observing ego has no executive functioning what do they do they fight flight or fuck mm-hmm. and so they did all of it that is what they all are doing and and so it's they're truly debauched they fuck each other they try to have sex with people who aren't zombies they have sex with each other there's like bloody orgies i mean it's not a big part of the movie, but there's scenes where you get that sense. There are some things that cross the line absolutely of what anyone is comfortable with seeing in a movie. <laughs> there's some line crossing. There 
there's not it's like maybe two or three times now i didn't see i'm i'm hearing word there's some kind of director's cut i can't only oh god fucking imagine what's in what, that yeah what the and I, I the person who told me i was like i feel good about my experience you did. i don't, <laughs> You're like, I don't uh, feel like i don't need more of that i'm really good on that like i don't need to sit through that again i'm glad i watched it but i don't think that's something i could just like put on in the background while i'm wrapping christmas no, presents no not a feel good movie of the summer no. uh it's one of the articles I read said that it's conceptually exhausting because it really is. It is. It, it it presses all the lines and and Kathy and I both love visual and practical effects. And so you've got both in this movie. If you are a gore fan, this is up there with Dead Alive or any of the movies mm -hmm. that have a lot of blood in them. It's it's very bloody, it's very gory. If you like that sort of thing, you're definitely get get your hit from that. But there's the the same article also talked about how it was viscerally upsetting. And mm -hmm. that's what Kathy's talking about. Like your gag reflex comes, your moral compass mm -hmm. comes into play. Uh, but if you just keep reminding yourself they're sadists, they're they're absolutely debauched and everything they do is to hurt others. Yeah. Every single thing they do. There's no morality left. And we don't get a lot of that in movies. People will say that they're sadistic in the movies, but they don't go the extra mile. No, they don't. This is the extra mile. So there are trigger warnings around rape. There are trigger warnings about blood, of course. Suicide. Vomit, vomit suicide, medical trauma. I mean, there's this like, I don't mm -hmm. know. I can't think of a trigger that isn't represented yeah, in this movie. That's what I was saying. Like, just no going into it if there's sensitivities around that to tread lightly. Yes, get up, take a break. I know people who did that and, you know never returned <laughs> i wanted to mention just quickly before we get to one of your i want to hear what you watched is i was going to mention at the top of the show you talked about monstrous and so oh, yeah let, let us know yeah so i watched this i really enjoyed christina ricci it's a interesting movie in the sense that i can't say that i would recommend it except for if you are always looking for the following things. A mother-son story, which is tons of movies these days. Element of grief, you know, she leaves mm. her husband and they're kind and they're on the run and you and you find out why. And then the story goes in a couple of different directions that you may or may not know are coming or you do know they're coming, but it just kind of is wrapped up in their story and how that unfolds. So it's like the Babadook or any of the movies that has like a bit of a grief component to it. So it's got that. Christina is great in it. I enjoyed the watch. I will tell okay. you that. I, I know that the reviews aren't good and I understand why. Where, where did you stream it? You don't remember where? Okay. I don't. But it's obviously available. So, I mean, if you like Christina Ricci and you like that particular trope with a kid, it does take a little bit of a different look at it. I will say there is a little bit of, it doesn't go down the same old route. I okay. would watch it, but yeah, not the best, you know, if, I, you, I really, if you don't got time, then don't do it. <laughs> I think if it, if it was not for her, I probably wouldn't be as interested. I just like her a lot. Well, and she's, she's, yeah. Yeah. So if you like Christina Ricci and you see everything she does, then do it. So I didn't watch anything deeply profound, Shocker, but I did watch the first one. I liked, even though it got bad reviews. So I watched the second one, which is the Jack in the Box. He terrifies oh, I, me. I saw that came out. He's he terrifies me. the The story and this one's called the Jack in the Box Awakening. Came out this year. The villain. I like really good villains that terrify me. That's why even though 
like in in the terrifier forget his name but even though those movies are whatever he's just so flipping terrifying that i watch it just for that yeah i liked the first one i thought it was pretty fun yeah and the first one got the same reviews as this one did so if you liked the first one i still found it somewhat entertaining the story was pretty good when a vintage jack in the box is box is opened by a dying woman she enters into a deal with the demon that within that would see her illness cured in return for helping it claim six innocent victims. So what I like about this one is it gives you the backstory as into how this guy became the Jack in the box. And they do this backstory where the, I don't know if he was a a wizard or an alchemist or whatever he was discovers that what he has done creates this demon from within that he it's now too late to stop. And because the guy who gets this quote unquote, like, demonic virus he lifts up his head and the guy's like trying to the the alchemist is like trying to stop him from progressing anymore and he turns and half of his face is already built into the -the jack-in-the-box and the only way to stop this from happening is he has to go now into the box for the rest of his life. <laughs> but I watched this mostly for the special effects. Okay. Um, because the story's whatever, but these are one of those movies where I love watching the transformation. I love watching the makeup. And the scene that scene is is quite terrifying because he's got human on one side and then you see the development of the demon on the other when he lifts his head. And I'm like, yeah. that's so cool. So th- <laughs> as far as if you like that, if you watch horror for th- those reasons, I like this villain. The makeup effects are really cool. And there's some really terrifying scenes when, because it's, you know, they play the, the Jack in the box music and person sitting there, they can't get out of the room. And he, the way he just comes out of the box, it's just a very like, it's, no. it's a horror feeling. It's, it's fun. like simple. I like those totally. movies because they're simple and fun. Like I've liked, I haven't seen the second one like you yeah. have, but the first one, it's on my list. It's in my watch list. And for those of you, I want to answer a couple of questions. Monstrous is streaming. You can rent it on Prime Video, Voodoo, Redbox, a oh. couple of different places. And then Art the Clown is the terrifier. Art the Clown, thank you. Yeah, he, he's another one where the movies are whatever, but he's so fun to watch. I saw the new Firestarter. I know I'm bracing myself because I love Drew so much. How'd you, what'd you, how'd you feel? Well, the first movie wasn't that great. I know. Either, you She's know, back good in the though. day. So it's not like, obviously sometimes they can take a property from back in the day and make it new and make it amazing. That did not happen. Okay. <laughs> so if you're hanging your hat on that particular piece of the puzzle, that didn't happen. But, and everybody's vilifying it. So what I would say is here's where I think it fell down on the job. Well, let me say the good things first. I thought that the acting was good. I thought that the drama of the story was actually well done. In other words, the little girl is great. She's obviously a kick-ass little actress. Mm-hmm. Uh, the other, you know, I thought Zac Efron did a pretty good job. I thought the other actors in it, with some faces you'll recognize, did really well. So the drama and how the story played out and what was going on, was intriguing and interesting and kept me watching. Like I didn't fall asleep in the middle or anything because I was like caring kind of about what was happening and what was going on. I think where they fell down is that I don't think they had enough budget for the effects. Uh. And so unfortunately what ended up happening and because I used to work as a post-production supervisor and I would supervise effects and work with the visual effects producer and stuff to make, to make it all work is that, and I worked in TV, so we often didn't have the budget for what we wanted to do. So I related to it. In other words, I could tell that there were only a couple of effects 
that they really had the money to do really well. And so they had to pick and choose. And so there was a couple of places where the fire or the explosion or whatever looked awesome. And then there was 80% of it that looked really hokey. Okay. And unfortunately, the fire and the effects of the fire are your thing. Like, that's the thing. Well, that's what I was about. That's why I was like, Ugh. because even in the original, and we're looking at the 80s, for that time, the visual effects were pretty cool. Right. And yeah. I, yeah, right. And, and, you know, I said the drama's good because the actors are good. I'm not saying that the story holds together completely or that the characters act congruently always. And that's another place where movies fall down for us, right? Is it's like, there's like a moment when all of a sudden a kid who can't control her fire starter stuff all of a sudden can control it. There's not like a, a smart arc that gets us there. It's like, it's all of a sudden she's a kick ass fire person. And you're like, okay, well, <laughs> yeah. now I will say that the last chunk, you know, like the last 10 minutes or whatever, when there's that crescendo and, you know, I mean, we all know the story. She's going to burn shit down and stuff's going to happen and it's going to work. That, that part was pretty kick-ass. Like when she turns into a little psychopath, because that's what happens. It's like she's this sweet, innocent girl that doesn't know how to do her fire. And all of a sudden, the last 10 minutes of the movie, she's got this like, you know, motivation to be a complete psychopath and kill everybody in her yeah. wake. And that 10 minutes was pretty badass. <laughs> but other than that, that's where I'm at. And the music was just awful. Oh, the music no, and the, it was really cheaply done and okay. hokey. Yeah. So That's you see, bad. they had a Blumhouse had a budget issue. And we've seen a lot of these kind of movies from Blumhouse. They're like churning out these properties like, without like mass, enough money. That's the thing is they're mass producing now because their name is on everything. And I wish they'd stop that because they're gonna burn out. I, you know, like you and I had said back when we went and saw Halloween. It's like this is just not a franchise they should have put their hands on. I know. And there's certain projects that they do incredibly well. Happy Death Day. Mm. Um, mm -hmm. and, and some they just really need to leave alone. And I'm scared because the stuff they do well, they do really well. But then it's like, what else do you have for us? It's like, just calm down. Slow down. Yeah. Think about your projects. Money. Yeah, but. Uh, I'm just saying. Money is very enticing. I and, know. And product and putting people to work. I mean, I'm aware that 200 people go to work when they make a movie and I'm all about that, but, uh, mm -hmm. it's, uh, they just don't have the money to be doing each one of them. Well, and I guess that's okay. It's kind of like back in the day when they would churn out, you know, movies of the week or whatever. We're getting kind of like Blumhouse Horror of the Week now. Yeah. So what else? Anything? Uh, I watched a really disappointing one, which, okay. you know, I wasn't expecting too much, but I thought it'd be kind of fun. But if anybody were to sue this film for it being produced, it would be one of the Final Destinations. They basically took Final Destination, one of the later ones, or like second, I know we just did them and remade their own version of it. And the movie's called Countdown. It came out in 2019. It's literally verbatim. So when a oh, nurse no. download, well, in a second, I'll tell you the twist, which is why I say that. When a nurse downloads an app that claims to predict the moment a person will die, it tells her she only has three days to live. With the clock ticking and a figure haunting her, she must find a way to save her life before time runs out. What they do is they do the same thing they did in Final Destination, which is if they can trick the app into like changing their fate, then they believe that they can avoid their death when the time runs out. And then we find out that that isn't true. So it has that, that like exactly the same 
formula as final destination, which was pretty lame. Yes. And then, you know, it ends with the, they think it's all over and the girl looks down all the apps are finally gone and they're back to normal lives. And, and she's in the cemetery and she looks down, she gets this alert and countdown 2.0 has downloaded itself to her phone. And it's like, Bleh. so, you know, it's one, it was one of those, I'm like, this might be kind of fun. And then I watched this. I've already seen this movie movie. It's called final destination. Yeah, and and they, they, and took, they do it better. <laughs> they took the same, exact that's lame when you're that obvious oh yeah and it does sound also i mean i've read about this movie like i saw it was coming Mm -hmm. out and i thought and you know you can kind of tell from the ads that it's going to be that thing and you're just kind of expecting it to be a little different or maybe taking a different place but it sounds like it does not it doesn't it's not (laughs) good Uh, i wanted to talk quickly as we wrap things up before we do a little horror facts is we were going to talk a little bit about the future Let's talk about the future. Yeah. So we're in season four. This is our 300th episode. As you guys may or may not know, our seasons run from September to September. I usually start the next season, September 1st, but we, we put out an episode every week, so we don't take a break. (laughs) It's just all year long, Halloween all year long. Yes. In September, we will start our season five. So if you are a regular listener of ours and you have thoughts and opinions and and things you would like to contribute and you want to say, here's my feedback and this is what I'd like to see in the future, this would be the time to do it because I'm, you know, I'm working on my thoughts for season five and how we'll shift it. and, And Kathy and I both will obviously be a part of that. And so we want to hear from you. That aside... I think that Kathy and I are both on the same page as far as just wanting to up our game, continue to up our game. And I know that we're going to do an interview coming up here on a, on a true crime book that has been written by, and we're going to have the author on. And I get requests for interviews and stuff pretty regularly and review requests and all of that. I don't do a lot of the review requests, but interview requests I do try to make happen thing about Kathy and I is that we work really hard so we don't always have time for that but I think one of our goals is to make time for those kinds of things for sure yeah and same for just you know now that we're coming out of the the depths of COVID spending this next year getting out to some more of the events and the conventions and talking to people and meeting other people who do similar podcasts or uh, merch vendors or things that we can start to share our show with with other people in the community and hoping that and hoping that some of these conventions will even be outside of the state of California and just starting to connect nationwide in various ways just because we we love to get to know the people who know our show but we also like to talk to people who don't know our show and you know interested in what they're doing as well so getting out more doing a little bit of travel going to some more conventions and just being out there because for two years we didn't have the ability to do that so I'm excited. Yeah, I think that's all under the guise of wanting to know more about what makes you guys tick so that we can provide that. Because I will say that, you know, that that part serves us, right? Doing interviews, going on people's shows and doing interviews for them. You know, that that serves our agenda and wanting to have more and more listeners. But I will say that as far as content is concerned and what we are providing you, it's going to be a lot more of the same. But I want to up our game in the sense of providing you with more a few more interviews we can't always do them but I and I want to pick and choose what we do but I want to give you guys more interviews we want to 
lean back into true crime, which we've been doing recently. And as long-term listeners will know is that we did a lot of true crime in the beginning and we always try to do true crime episodes every couple of months at least. But lately we've been getting back into it and we've been leaning back into it. And so our true crime series, talking about docs, different ideas that we've been having, we want to we wanna go forward with that because I know that that is actually one of the things that I get asked constantly. Also, one of the things that we've started doing recently that went well is kind of that hop topic thing. We did an episode on, on Will Smith. We did an episode on mm-hmm. Johnny Depp and Amber Heard. And so when things like that come up, you know, the reason why we did those things is because people asked us to. And now it's become like, okay, well, maybe we can start to comment on more current on, you know, current trials and different things that are in process, especially when we get a request. So that's on the docket. But again, I I mean, my goal is to give you guys more of what you like that is within our wheelhouse and that we feel like we can talk to because it's really to serve the listener. We obviously get a lot of fun and a lot of joy out of this and sometimes an ego stroke, but this is really about giving you guys more information and helping to educate and entertain. So just let us know. Yeah. So, and on that note, this is part of the entertainment and education section of what we do. At least that's what Kathy would say. Yes. Number one, Mm. Eli Roth got the idea for Hostel by coming across a Thai website that promoted what? Oh, I have no idea. Murder vacations where people could pay to torture and kill people. Okay. Yeah. Wait, now what? (laughs) I'm like, oh, I didn't expect it to be so fucking serious. Uh, Yeah. (laughs) Okay. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Now, whether that was literal or playful, I don't know. But I don't know. As much as I love horror, I don't know if I'd want to go to a hotel where I got to pretend like I was torturing and killing people for a weekend, even if it wasn't real. No, I I don't want to have that kind of uh, visceral experience. Can you imagine the clients they got? No, I, well, that's, that's another part of that problem is your peers on that trip are not going to necessarily be curious and silly like you. They're going to be, yeah, psychopathic. Number two, let's put that out of our mind. What does Kane, (laughs) moving on, let's talk about Kane. What does Kane Hodder have tattooed on the inside of his lip? Uh, The word kill. Yes. I knew that one. It's because Shannon's seen it. Mm. up close and personal <laughs> just kidding number no. Th- no 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 she has not only in her dreams yeah number three in saw what was jigsaw's trigger to becoming a killer okay i don't know that one a diagnosis of colon cancer oh no he becomes really ill and starts to take the lives of people who essentially take their lives for granted oh yep again serious yeah Number four. Yeah, because he's really sick through it, if you don't remember. He's like coughing and he's really skinny. Yeah, yeah. I, didn't, I didn't remember now. Which horror film has the color red in every scene? Mandy? The Shining. Oh, sure. And number five. What was the name of the family whose tragedy the Amityville horror is based on? I don't know. The DeFeo family. Okay. There you go. Thank you so much, Kathy. Murder Hotels. That's all. <laughs> I was waiting for the 
denouement. Well, I was going to I was going to sing colon cancer. Also, I know, and I, I was waiting. I, I, I didn't you, think that you, was appropriate. Oh, you reeled it back. Yeah, that I was that would not that. be nice. Look, see, we all have limits, boundaries. Yeah, that's not except funny. for the movie The Sadness. Right. Okay. Thank you so much for listening. This has been an episode of Terror Talk. My name is Shannon, and I'm Kathy. Sleep safe, everyone. Happy three hundred. Yeah. <laughs>